high-sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell, Low Tide. Today's show, Connor Brown is practicing on the McDavid line. That means good news for tomorrow in Tampa Bay. And the good oranges are here, praise be. Oh, yes. Get your Mandarin oranges on the way home because everybody... I mean, it used to be it was a tradition. We would just look so forward to when the oranges would come out. It was, it was closer to Christmas, I believe. But they're out now, and they taste so good. It really is a wonderful moment for Edmontonians or Edmonites, depending upon which you know church you go to. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can just tune in, too. We're online. We have podcasts. We have all the bells and whistles. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 on Twitter at Low Tide at Declan Kruger. Declan, how many followers do you have now? Uh, a little over 1,300, I think. So That's a healthy not, amount. Not no, enough. I'm not happy enough. with it. I'm we happy need to get you to 2,000. Just spew out what you're... What, I know it's a really easy one to remember. What's your What's your handle? It is. It's just my name. It's just at Declan Kruger. And I would love to have 2,000. Would you spell it for the people? Absolutely. D-E-C-L-A-N-K-R-U-E-G-E-R. M-O-U-S-E. M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. And you have That's declinations today. Don't I do. even deny it. You do. I do. I'm excited about this one. I'm going to be doing the top five sidekicks, for lack of a better term, wow. in sports history. The top five number twos. Like when you think of what when you think of this show, <laughs> you, you cannot think of low do tide. the top five number twos on this show. <laughs> no, that's why I said top five sidekicks. When you think of this show, you think of low tide, and then Declan as his sidekick. I wanted to put a nice little spin on that and do it for all of sports history. So we're going to be doing that today at twelve forty. You said on the radio the top five number twos, and that is going to be in my brain all day. <sighs> I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't have done it. All right, I did it to myself. So Kruger is K R U E. EGR. Okay, I want to make sure because people, I want them to follow. 1300 isn't enough. You should be at 14,000. And for anyone who doesn't care what I have to say, I always tweet out the link to the podcast. There you so go. So you can always hear Low Tide. You're a very yeah. interesting guy. Thanks. And you. a math whiz. I just tested no. him a few minutes ago, and the guy's a freaky freak. Uh, Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Make sure you drop by and say hello. On the show today, aside from declinations, Steve Lansky will join us from Big Mouth Sports. Tyler Uremchuk uh, from uh, Daily Faceoff, Dangerous Faceoff, and Oilers Nation. This is an easy show for Low Tide because one segment is taken care of by my my uh, good friend here, Declan, and the other t- two of them are guys who can't possibly be boring. So if I can just slide through the other three and make a lick of sense. We're going to have a great show. Um, okay, Connor Brown being on the Connor McDavid line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins in practice today is a big deal. I wrote about it in The Athletic today. You, you should not expect Connor Brown to be Zach Hyman offensively. But the good news is he is far more of a defensive conscience than Hyman. And his two-way game is aggressive forward check. Uh, the fact that he gets in on plays, he can help penalty kill. He really is a Swiss Army knife. He's kind of similar to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He has played a lot of of and heavy, heavy minutes. Buck IQ is the place to go for this. Heavy minutes against the lead competitions. He he's used to it. His his goals, his point scoring, and his goal scoring, uh, depending upon his center over the years, is good to very good. Uh, he has played with Austin Matthews. He's played with Tim Stustla who scored a wild goal yesterday. 
most uh, mostly when they were very young in their in their entry level deals. But as a mature player, he's had really good. Uh, Chris Tierney, he's had really good centers all down the line, and that's a tell when you're playing with great centers. Then you, you're playing in big minutes. But playing with Connor McDavid is a whole new level. He was really playing well before the injury. Hopefully, he can be a plug and play when he's in uh, Tampa Bay tomorrow. And it's an afternoon game, right? Like, is it 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock? I can't remember, but it's early, early, early. Do you know, Declan? Yes. Sorry, the game tomorrow, I'm just uh, just pulling it up here. It is at 2 p.m. our time. 2 p.m. Our, our time. That's very hard. I usually go shopping a little bit and uh, um, take the dog for a walk a little bit, and uh, we'll have to work around that, I guess. You know, it's... It's not all about me all the time. The Edmonton Oilers win with good goaltending, some chaos and skill on the blue line, and the big cannons up front set to offense. What Connor Brown does is he helps those pure offensive forwards, the guys who can really make a difference with the puck on their stick. And he's just the guy who may lag going into the offensive zone, first man out, just helps them a little bit. You know, it's like Brian Eno with Roxy Music. Somehow it's better. That's the way... You should look at Connor Brown. The sixth man on the top two lines for the Oilers has to be inexpensive, effective, and a complimentary offensive player, and that's what he is. His defensive conscience will make a difference over a long term. And I'm excited to see it because we really didn't get a look, and he wasn't right. He was rusty. I just had a friendly giant flashback. And I think he's going to be, I don't know about tomorrow, but I think he's going to be a player that you like very soon on this team. The lines were McDavid, Nuge, and Brown, Dreisaitl, Kane, and Hyman, McLeod with Fogel and Ryan, and then uh, Ernie and Lavoie checking off as Hamblin and Gagne were on the fourth line. So Sam Gagne moves from the first to the fourth line. It's a bit of a slide. Nurse CC, Ekholm, Bouchard, Kulak, Deharnay, Broberg, the extra, and Skinner starting. Uh, I'm not, I don't usually go on and on about things, he lied. But I want to go on a little bit about this. There is a hockey game on right now between two original six teams, Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit Red Wings. And I did a little survey among my friends. I only have like five. And they're, I call them friends. I don't think they would feel the same way about me. And none of them knew about this series that has Ottawa over there, Detroit over there, Toronto over there. Is there another team over there? I don't remember. But I, I, I just feel like this could have been promoted more. I, I think this could have been done differently. And somebody mentioned just on Twitter as I was preparing for my show, I do a tremendous amount of prep, several hours, and said, you know, why don't they have it at the beginning of the year? And the Otters did that once. They were terrible, but they went over there. They dropped everything. And I think that might be the way. This is sort of, you know, well into the season. Nice Daniel Alfredson stories, though. He made um, Swedish meatballs for the new boss of the Ottawa Senators. I guess when you're the boss of a team, people do stuff for you. Something to keep in mind as you start to build your, you know, empire. Oakland Athletics are heading to Vegas. It's official. And now they're talking about expansion. Looks like Nashville gets a team. And Montreal has a chance. I don't think they'll get it, but they have a chance. I'm fascinated by the Montreal Expos returning. I would adopt, I would I would go back to baseball. Baseball can win me back just by doing that one thing. I'm not even kidding you. I will go. 
I'll, I will stop yelling at the owners. I'll stop saying malicious things. Just give me my damn team back. And I won't forgive, but I will forget. I see Willkill40 for coffee has followed you now. Following you because low, side set, low tide says so. There you go. Yes, sorry. I uh, I think I got uh, I got about seven followers here just in the time you said that. It, wow. It's been mere minutes, so I'm very very appreciative of that. I thank you to everyone who did that. If you're following for the podcast, I'm, I'm I'm I get it out as soon as I can, so you've nothing to worry about. It's <laughs> it's blacked out. You know, it, it, none of my business. I am not in charge of the National Hockey League. I just, I just think it's funny. So you, you know, like we, Canada would watch that game. I'm sorry, but Canada would. Um, you probably know this, but Emily Kaplan is a fantastic reporter and broadcaster for ESPN, and she has an article up about rumblings from Edmonton. And she talks about Ken Holland being in the final year of his contract as general manager, whether it's an advisory role or, or maybe he's just done. And that Jeff Jackson was the beginning of the, the change and that there are more changes on the way. Um, she talks about the firing of Jay Woodcroft and the hiring of Chris Knobloch. And about McDavid's discomfort with the perception that he orchestrated the move, uh, seeing that it's his ex-agent and now the ex-junior coach who got hired. And she says, and this is the money quote, and I agree with her. She said, McDavid is the ultimate hockey player who doesn't want to put himself above the team and despises the thought of preferential treatment. But he does get preferred treatment, and he should. Scored 150 points last season. Most talented player in the league. Now, Here's where it gets a sticky wicket. I'm going to talk to Steve Lansky about this today because Steve will not he will not shy away. I'm going to throw a fastball down the middle of the plate, and he's going to move those hips out of the way and crank that thing to Laredo. But if I'm Daryl Cates, I hire Jeff Jackson and I hire um, Chris Knobloch for two reasons. Number one, they're they're very astute hirings. They're very they're Bonafide. These are quality people. He's a suitor. God, I got that movie. I got to have to watch that movie. Secondly, anything I can do, anything I can do to make it easier to sign Connor McDavid two summers from now, I would do. It, and I've used Bill Torrey as the example. Bill Torrey traded for Jean Potvin so that he can ensure or get a better chance of signing Dennis Potvin instead of losing him to the WHA. I do think that's good business, but I will ask Steve because Steve will tell me what he thinks. And my spidey senses tell me it might be a little different than what I've just said to you. But I do agree with Emily Kaplan. I think that is true. Is Connor McDavid ever going to get to play in the Olympics? Jack Eichel, that general. Do they just not get it? You know, the NHL has decided. I remember when John Tavares got hurt, and it was a big damn deal. And 
NHL owners, as they pay more and more money, are becoming more and more restrictive about what gets done and if if you're going to play in the Olympics, what the pay is, what the coverage is, what the insurance is, all of those things. So looks like 2026 is what we're hearing. Did you make a point? Is that why you hit enter so hard? <laughs> no, I was the space bar. I was finishing off my sentence. I just had to go back one no. space, then we were done. I think I'm done typing for a little while here. No. I, I freed it all up. I think I'm good to go for the next one. Do you know while. how many complaints I get from my friends about your typing? Oh, so many. And listen, I'll listen back to the podcast, of course, and I'll hear myself typing in the background sometimes. And I'm like, I listen, I wish there was something I could do about this. That's why I'm trying to get it done quicker. I'm could trying we get to be like out a, of there. a spit guard or something that, that would not allow that that uh, inflammatory you know, noise to, to, to hit the uh, microphone, which I assume is mine. We should. Mine is 11 miles away. That's how loud you are. Yeah, it's pretty bad. We should get like a white noise machine. That just becomes commonplace with this show, and hopefully it masks. What if we could space, get you the, know those whale keyboard. sound albums? Yeah, yeah, that was a f- terrible one. You want that going in the background? Well, with a little mood music and all right, we can make that happen. Is it the theremin that Star Trek uses? That that maybe we could do that. People are just tuning in right now. They're, well, he finally lost it. You know, he knew it was going to happen, and here it is. I was in the store the other day with my dad, and the very sentence came up. He was hunting for the good oranges. Hey, we know. We know when they come out. And they come out earlier than they ever have. I don't know what they're doing to the oranges, but that's what's happening. They mature quicker, as everyone does. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting Patrick Brown from Boston and Dakota Mermis. Are people making up names now for the waiver wire? From Minnesota is on waivers. I just think that, you know, one day I'll be, uh, yes, it's uh, it's uh, um, Rocky Thompson and Ethel Merman are on waivers. And we'll all go, oh, well, Ethel Merman can play defense. A little loud in the corner, but, you know. Sometimes I do think they make up the names. I'm not trying to be clever. As we know, that never does work for me. But So we have NHL rumors, and we have declinations this hour. NHL rumors are next. Declinations. And you've got the top five number twos of all time. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't have worded it like that if I could go back with a time machine. But, you know, top five sports sidekicks of all time. I just don't understand how you're, you are... I test. I gave you a very difficult math test, and you nailed it in the blue room. And then the first thing out of your mouth, yes, Alan, we're off to a flying start. I've got the top five number twos coming up. I know. Wow. A man of many characteristics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Many traits. I just. I mean, like, what am I going to do about it? ignore that? I couldn't do that. I have potty mouth and sure. grade four sense of humor. Sure, sure. I know. Listen, Nothing I, I can do. I'm a victim here. I should have known my audience, and I walked right into it. And that wow. was my mistake, and I have to live with that for the rest of the day. Hour and 45 minutes of shame for me. Do you think this is what Mrs. Woboda was talking about in school? Mm, you know, it's probably what she was implying. Yeah. No. You're not even going to go to Andrews anymore. You've given up. No, no, I think, well, the Woboda one was so fun. I was like, that was the finally when it clicked. I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's making a joke over there. Okay, yeah, I get it. So, no. It took you this long. You thought I was just trying and hitting the wrong one. 100%. I thought you, 100% that her name was, was Miss Stewart, and I had to keep correcting you. 
<laughs> but this time it, it, it clicked. I was like, oh, that's funny. Okay. He's he's lying again. Okay. Um, we're going to have a good show today. It's Friday. Weekend is here. The weather's nice. Calgary got snow. Did you know that? Yep. Snow. Of course, the thing about snow in Calgary is a Chinook will come along and drive it all away. Once we get the real snow, we know it's staying for a while. And it'll stay through different colors, white, off-white, mauve, then dirt, and then back to white when there's another snowfall. Well, I think we've covered everything. I don't think there's anything left. I kept hoping for a a goal to be scored in the game that no one is watching anywhere. But it's nil-nil, Toronto and Detroit, across the Atlantic. I think it's only about 11 seconds in, though, so they got some time. Is that how quickly we can update on this show? That's amazing. We're so good. Mm-hmm. All right. Hockey rumors on the way. And then it's declinations this hour. And we've got Steve Lansky and Tyler Graham Truck an hour or two. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. You know, when he went out with an injury. He was leading the league in points. Jack Hughes has 20 points now. He's seven behind the leaders. But after missing the last five games due to a shoulder injury, all indications are that Jack Hughes, that's what I call him, will make his return for the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night against the Rangers. He returned for practice today, and that's big news. I expect by midseason we'll be talking about Connor McDavid no longer using the brake pedal, pulling out on a, a, a lane that didn't exist for any other player previously, is chasing Jacques for the scoring championship. That's my that's my feeling on the issue. Once again, we thank the CBC for the pronunciation of issue. Something we didn't know until the CBC told us. Barrett Hayton's status is not good. Likely needs surgery for his injury, which was sustained last night. Upper body is what they're saying. So you can't, like, say torso. You can't certainly say shoulder, neck, head, because it's just upper body. We just don't know. We just don't know. I mentioned earlier, Dakota Mermis is on waivers. Minnesota Wild placing him there. He's going to the Iowa Wild. And Patrick Brown, also on waivers, center for the Boston Bruins. Patrick Kane's decision is coming soon. This is via Emily Kaplan from ESPN. She had reported previously Buffalo, Detroit, and Dallas were interested And she also reports Kane met with uh, Toronto Maple Leafs this week, been training there, has a relationship with uh, American star Austin Matthews. You see, the Americans are taking over. This is what happens. Where's Laura Secord when you need her? Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane spearhead the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. Who knew? Who knew? Wow. What would Canada do if, if... Kane and Matthews played on the line. 
that was abundantly, obviously, clearly the reason they won the Stanley Cup. What would Canada do? I think the city of Toronto would immediately try to get an NFL franchise. And I don't know what the rest of Canada would do. I do, I do, and I never say it out loud because it won't happen in my lifetime. But I do see a Canadian Hockey League eventually existing. Because some of these um, teams that are in Canada now, inevitably, the way the league is going, the way the NHL is going, they need Canada. They need all the revenue from Canada. But as they, like a hundred years from now, hockey in America, like, you know, some of the, some of the really hot spots for hockey in America are Southern. And just the population base is so large. If Edmonton wants to have the Oilers here in a hundred years, they just have to start making more people. Did you hear that, Declan? I did. Yeah. More people. We got to get on it. Well. Be the change you want to see in the world. I mean. That's my challenge to you. Well, my my window of opportunity, my friend, is long gone. But you are just on the uptick. So. Weight of the world on my shoulders is what I'm hearing. A little bit. All right. Well, I mean, certainly, you know, the Oilers. I'll, I'll be like Atlas and take on the responsibility. So I want to talk a little bit today about the Edmonton Oilers and their drafting. Because there is a, and I, I come across it a lot with people. They're like, ah, the Oilers scouts suck. I'm like, okay, well, really? Like, we know that there were 14 rounds, seven each, in the last two years of drafting. 14 rounds. That means the way the NHL doles out, unless you're Ottawa, doles out picks is everybody gets one pick per round. So there's 14 in two years, seven per year. So of the last 14 picks, seven and 22 and seven and 23, the owners have seven of them. They actually have six because they traded Reese Schaefer, but they did draft him. So if your general manager is trading half of your picks, just and that includes first-round picks, includes second-round picks, includes third-round picks, includes fourth-round picks, includes fifth-round picks, has been very strong in keeping the sixth and seventh-round picks. If your general manager is trading fully half the picks, including pretty much all of the valuable ones, how are you calling the scouting department the world of suck? Like how, how do you how do you do that? What what allows you? Like I'm not talking about you can say whatever you want, ramble on, as the great philosophers Led Zeppelin said. But how do you justify that? Like in a world where other people are questioning what you're saying out loud, how do you say, well, in the last 14 rounds, the Otis had one first round pick, one second round pick, and one fifth round pick two sixth-round picks, and two seventh-round picks. They're sucking. These scouts are horrible. How do you do that? And in 2021, people are mad that the Oilers didn't draft Jesper Wallstead. Hasn't played in the NHL yet, but they're mad about it. They traded down to get two picks. One is Xavier Burgo. The other is Luca Munzenberger. Wallstead looks like he's very good. Looks like he's going to be a player. He's really playing well in the AHL. 
I've always been in the belief you have to wait five years. If he was in the NHL now and leading the Wild to a playoff spot, and that may well happen, then I think that you could make the claim. You could say, well, they blew it. But what do we know about goaltending? It's the least consistent thing on planet Earth. Maybe not least consistent. I mean, Declan lives on Earth, so there's that. Xavier Bargo is a really good prospect. I'm not sure about Luka Munzenberger because he's a shutdown defender in college hockey and they're the hardest players to evaluate. He's a bigger man. He can skate well. Shutdown type. But even without all of that, the Oilers in the later rounds have drafted some really interesting players and players who have a chance. I I think you've got to wait five years before you pronounce a team as being poor at drafting. In 2015, the Oilers didn't have a second round or a third round pick after the Conor McDavid draft, and they still got Caleb Jones, Ethan Barrow, and John Marino. That's three defensemen, two of them right-handed. I think the Edmonton Oilers scouting staff have been severely hampered by lack of picks in the last couple of years. And even with that, Bo Akey looks like he's something pretty good. Even he, he seems to have some injury issues. I know he didn't play, I think, last night. But the numbers are good when he plays. I think that Edmonton Oilers fans are just angry about a lot of things. But I think that if, you're, if, if we're honestly evaluating the Edmonton Oilers scouting staff, you can get mad at Ken Holland for trading the pick that was going to be yes for Wallstead. But I think if you're getting mad at the scouting staff, have a look at what they've done and have a look at where they've been drafting. I I believe, honestly, they're way better than a lot of people think they are. We'll see as time rolls along. Hey, Low Tide, love your show. What do the analytics say for Broberg versus DeHarnay? I would love to see Broberg get a start. Um... Broberg has played well this year. His numbers are good. He plays the soft parade. He doesn't play against the the harder competition. Uh, DeHarnay had a wonderful year running a little bit of luck a year ago. So you you have to... The reason you can say they ran a little luck is because his goal share compared to his expected goal share were... They were out of time, out of whack. They did not line up. So that's one way we can tell. And, and we, we know from history... That means there's extreme, extreme likelihood that there'll be regression. Regression can be good. Regression can be bad. It's a kind of a funky word. But in terms of shots against per 60, so far this year, DeHarnay is second best among Euler defensemen. Roberg is the worst. In terms of goals against per 60, DeHarnay is the best among Euler's defensemen. Roberg is the fourth best. In terms of expected goals, and I put a high degree of importance on expected goals. I think it's a very good stat. DeHarnay is at 51%, which happens to be the worst. 55 for Broberg. Evan Bouchard has a really nice, a really nice expected goal share, 61%. 
His actual goal share is 44%, and it is, it is regressing. He is not a great defender. Even with the expected goal share of 61%, you can't make the claim he's a great defender. He doesn't recognize danger quickly enough, and he doesn't skate quite fast enough. But that's why you put Matthias Ekholm with him. And when that tandem was going a year ago, it was excellent. But we can't, we can't, we can't go beyond reality and say, oh, he's a very good overall complete defenseman, two-way guy, excellent shutdown defenseman, Evan Bouchard. It's too much. It's like when my mom argued that Elvis Presley choreographed Jailhouse Rock. No, he didn't. Whoever did that is an award-winning, probably won the Academy Award for the darn thing. But people make stuff up. They embellish. They want it to be better than it is. So they say Evan Bouchard is a really good defenseman. He's making a difference. Yes, he is. With a puck on his stick, he's brilliant. But he's always going to have to overcome some deficiencies defensively. He'll get better as he gets more experienced. But he doesn't recognize danger quickly enough. He is not fast enough to recover. Neither is uh, Vincent DeHarnay. I think Broberg is, but you've got to play him. They're not playing him again. They're making a big mistake not playing him. They should be playing Philip Robert. I think Cody Cece has really recovered nicely. I'm very pleased with him. The order's expected goal numbers for the defenseman is pretty good. They should be better than they are in terms of goal share. And they're getting there. It's, it's coming along. Did you know that they have exactly one defenseman at 50% at 5-on-5? Cody Cece, that's it. Everybody else is below 50%. Nurse is at 46, 45 for Ekholm. Bouchard is at 44, 43 for Broberg, 27 for Kulak, and 14% for Vincent DeHarnay, who's had a tough run. The numbers suggest that he will regress. The best line I heard from the game against Seattle was Yamamoto just outmuscled Bouchard. Well, he hooked him. But people like to create um, uh, agendas, and then they like to create the lore around it. And uh, Evan Bouchard is going to have some trouble because he is that player. Justin Schultz was, Tom Pody was, Paul Coffey was. Edmonton Oilers fans like defensemen who play like Chris Pronger and Jason Smith. No, they love that Bouchard does really good things, but he's never going to be beloved in this town. He just isn't. That's not, this is a lunch bucket, hardworking city. Nothing wrong with that. No apologies need to be made. But Bouchard is running, he's a counter-trade defenseman in a, in a town that really likes smash-mouth defenders. 12.35 on the way. Speaking of smash-mouth, you know, we tr- I tried. I said to De- Declan, let's make declinations Fun for the whole family. Like, let's make it so that there's no way anybody could consider it controversial. It would just be fun. Have your milk, your cookies, and declinations. And he comes in today, and he drops this on me. We're going to have the top five number twos. That's what we're talking about today. Is this correct? In a sense, that's what we're doing. Yep. That's what you said we were doing. I did, but I think I said sports number twos Mm-mm. or sports teams number twos. I feel like the word sport was in there somewhere or well, athlete. This is called covering your ass, and we all oh, know what it is. 100% this yeah. is backtracking. Yeah, no doubt about that. Declan with uh, top five number twos on declinations on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. 
I'm tempted to just pogo right now. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. You played the Sex Pistols and The Clash this week. Yeah. No, it's been a good week for music. Uh, there's some other stuff I could bring in for you if you want. Yeah, of course. Always happy. Got any rancid over there? We do not. Okay. All right. Took a second to check, but we do All not. Right. Some kind of mellow. Yeah. Slow it down a little bit. If you wanted to get into punk rock, I could I could talk for days about that. I could do a punk rock I could do a punk rock podcast. I was gonna say I was just gonna say you should do a punk rock podcast if that's the case. I could do an hour on rat scabies. Well, there you go. Do you know the problem with guys like rat scabies? They grow up and they get a job as accountants. Yes. The guy from a flock of seagulls with the hair. Yes. You know, <laughs> he's like, yes, can I take your order? We all end up in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. But you start true. out that way, you know. And you always have the glory days to look back on. Yeah. Speaking of glory days, you're creating yours now with declinations. And that is uh, one of two features that you've uh, you've sort of taken over the show for. Uh, of course, Monday we'll have Mama MMA, where I get to listen to the ABBA song yes. and you get to talk for 15 minutes. This is very similar, except there's no ABBA song. Uh, we have the top five, what are you calling it today? The top five sports sidekicks. Okay. Or the top right. five number two players on a team. The top five the number best. twos. Yes, okay. I think is the best way to describe All it. All right. So... Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Declinations with Declan Kruger. Number five. In my opinion, this guy is one of, if not the most underrated player in NHL history. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. But for all intents and purposes, this guy was the second option. He was the number two on this team. I have Evgeny Malkin. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. He won the first Conn Smythe when they won together in 09. He's a heart winner as well. But at the, at the end of the day, he's always going to be Crosby's number two. For that reason, I have him number five. He's a great player. Phenomenal. I think maybe the most underrated player in NHL history. He undressed Oscar Kleppbaum one night uh, here in Edmonton, and maybe it was an afternoon. People still talk about that play. He just went stealth, as big as he is, and turned the puck over, and it was a goal within a heartbeat. He's undressed a lot of players in his career. He has phenomenal mitts. He's a great, great puck IQ. He's been an incredible player and had an incredible career. But I don't think, I don't think if there, if you asked a hundred hockey experts, I think all a hundred of them would take Crosby over Malkin in a heartbeat. So he's number two. Number four. This guy, again, another guy, you might think of Evgeny Malkin as a number two, despite how good he is. This guy, I don't know if you think of him as a number two, but the numbers back it up. I have Yarmir Yager, two time Stanley Cup champion, 91 92. But there's no question that was Mario Lemieux's team. He never won a Stanley when he wasn't playing with Mar- Mario Lemieux. 13-time All-Star. He won five Art Rosses. Incredible numbers. He was How a many hard winner. One hearts? heart. He won the one heart in 99. An incredible talent. One of the best One of the best point uh, getters we've ever seen in the he's league. He's still playing, you know. I know. He's still playing over in, in Czechia, I believe. I you, you may have to fact check me on that. And he, incredible. One of the top, what would you say, top 15, top 10 players we've ever seen in the game? I... Probably 10. I'd probably say top 15, I, I, borderline I'm gonna top say, 10. I'm going to say yes. In the Mario Lemire era, he was. Yes. But my He forged his God. own path. Yeah. But he was when player. he was winning cups, he wasn't winning Conn Smice, and he was winning them as the number two on Mario Lemieux's team. 
He's he. I love Riyamar Yar. He's one of my favorite athletes. Incredible. Number three. I had to dig into the archives for this one. I never saw this guy play, but I read the box scores. I read the articles. I've seen the highlights. I have Lou Gehrig. He was on Babe Ruth's team. Babe Ruth is arguably the go to the sport. Now, as incredible as Lou Gehrig was, Hall of Fame career. I have the numbers here. He was a six-time world champion, a two-time AL MVP, a seven-time All-Star, and he was part of the MLB's all-time century team. Uh, But in the 12 seasons he played with Babe Ruth, they won three championships together, and I don't think anyone would dispute that those were Babe Babe Ruth's teams and that he was the man winning those championships. My favorite all-time writer, uh, like it's not even close for me, uh, is a man named Bill James. He he overwhelmed me with his abstracts, and they are, for me, um, the best writing about sports, where he talked about platoon advantages, and he did historical abstracts. I, I When I retire, I'm just going to sit there and read them all again and just enjoy the hell out of them. Bill James one time, maybe it was a historical abstract, which I don't have anymore because I gave away. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, he goes, Lou Gehrig, in 19-whatever, mm-hmm. had 103 RBI on the road. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah, great player. But you're right, Babe and- Ruth was uber, uber famous. Babe Ruth was more famous than any athlete of his time, for yes. sure. Yeah. yeah, still one of the, I would say, top five most recognizable names in sports sure. history. Like you talk about Ali and, yeah. and Babe Ruth and, and Jordan. He's right up there. Number two, speaking of Michael Jordan, wow, look at this transition. Credit to me. Number two, <laughs> Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Six championships, seven-time All-Star, was third in MVP voting in 1994, the year the year that Jordan wasn't there when they lost in the second round to, round to the Knicks. All-Star MVP all-star MV- all-star game MVP that year as well. Incredible career. One of the best defensive players, one of the best two-way forwards ever. But of course, he was playing with Michael Jordan. Yeah. What are you going to do? He was playing with Michael Jordan. He was Michael Jordan's sidekick. He'll always be Michael Jordan's sidekick. And here's the thing. Would Jordan have won six championships without Scottie Pippen? I don't know. I think he would have won a few. I think he probably would have won at least three or maybe four. That's how good he was. But Scottie Pippen without Michael Jordan, he's not winning anything. We saw him go to Portland you know, past his prime, was just not the same player, was not the same producer on the court without Jordan there. He's my number two. There's no doubt. He was a great, great player. So was the worm, but there's no way. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, incredible. He he used to have stat lines like zero points, 20 rebounds. Because he he knew his rule. He did it with the Pistons, too. Yeah, he did. I loved watching him play because nothing mattered except the rebound. A hundred percent. He had a nice, he had a stint with the Spurs, too, where he put up some great numbers. Yeah, yeah. Number one. Now, I have a real, real, tough time putting this guy number one because I'm of the opinion you play games to win championships you play out the season to win a championship when you're a kid you dream about winning a championship and this guy I think you're going to know where I'm going with this after my next statement this guy actually won more championships than his perceived number one. Oh, he won he won the next year after he left and he won another one with New York in 94 but I have Mark Messier six Stanley Cups 15 time All-Stars two, two hearts and I have such a tough time putting putting him there because he is one of the best players in NHL history. He won more cups than Wayne Gretzky. He won with the same Edmonton team after Gretzky left to L.A. But in those years, in those glory days of the 80s when we were the city of champions, whose team was it? It was Gretzky's team. And, and Yari Curry was also up there scoring goals. And, you know, Mark Messier was 
you know, I'd like, what, what would you say was the third offensive option on those teams? Well, I think Gretzky to Curry was the top That's, one. Yeah. And then Messier with Anderson was the second yes. one. Yes. And I like, he is so incredible. And it's, I, I have such a tough time putting a guy who won more championships and won a championship with the same team after Gretzky left as a sidekick. But I think when you look back in the history book and you, you think about those teams, you think, of course, you think of them as Gretzky's teams. And I think you always think as, of, of Mark Messier as the second guy on that team. I can't, I can't, I can't go there. That's, I listen, that's fair. And I get it. And because he is such an incredible talent. Well, like, only I'm because not Me- Messier was like, if you watch the, look, Wayne Gretzky was, was the greatest player who ever lived. But the heart and soul of that team was Messier. And I have no problems with that. This was and, a tough I, – I almost didn't want to put him there. I, it was a tough one for that me. That said, it's a great thought starter, and I'll be interested in what Lansky says because Lansky will have an opinion on this. Yeah, no, and listen, I totally get that, and I, I, I'm very I – look, I look forward to hearing what Lansky has to say. But I, it, it's tough. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not mad either way. I'm 50-50. I'll flip-flop. But for the purposes of this list, maybe for the purposes of some discussion, I put him at number one. I will tell you, my friend just texted me and um, – yeah, I don't think uh, she used to like you, and it may not be happening now. So, just so you know, that 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 may have changed everybody's relationship with you in town. So, it, good good yeah, job. It might have. I I try to be as objective as I can. <laughs> it's a good conversation. I mean, it is a good conversation. I just don't know. Um, I, God, I can't put it. Messier number Messier is my favorite oiler of all time. My favorite oiler of all time is Darcy Hordachuk, for what it's worth, but he wasn't making that list. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> um, I'll be interested in what people say. Text us, 833-401-1440. You lost me at Pippin without Jordan. He was Ron Artest. Wow. That terrible take. Terrible take. Wow. Ron, Artest, Ron Artest had a great time and was a great player. J- Scotty Pippen in 1994 when Jordan wasn't there put up 22-9-6. And, and I think it was it was like 2.8 or two. maybe it might have even been 2.9 steals a game. He was third in MVP voting. He led them to the second round. Scotty Pippen was an incredible player. And Ron Artest had a great career, was great early in Indiana, was a contributor on those LA teams that won championships. But comparing Scotty Pippen to Ron Artest is just disrespectful yeah as good as ron artest was no he's good but pippen was on a different level like that was a great team it was all right here i thought this was going to be another quiet segment and you've you've blown the lid off canned dog food is what you've done man look how much fun this show is when the orders aren't losing that's not what we're talking about all day and having these fun convos instead what about Ricky Ray and Ed Hervey? Well, there you go. By the way, do you have a prediction for the Grey Cup at all? Do you yeah, care? Yeah, no, I do. I, I'm very, I'm very your, happy. Your we're Rough Riders aren't in it, well, so I, I guess was, it doesn't count. I was actually just talking to uh, Connor Halley about this. I had emailed the uh, PR lady from from Bell Media as a hope to get one of the guests from the one of the guys from the panel on today to talk about the Grey Cup, and she never got back to me. So uh, well, unfortunate because, for that. You know, she knows you probably. Well, yeah, we've only talked a couple times, but uh, yeah, I was just too small of a fry for her, so I was I was disappointed. I would I would have liked to talk about that with um, you're, you're you're outing her. Well done, publicly. <laughs> no, Good I know. Job. No, listen, I think eight and a half points in a Grey Cup game. I think that was the line last time I checked. I think that's a lot of points for a Grey Cup game. I do think the Owls cover. 
That said, I think it's a late cover. I think the Bombers are such a better team. I mean, these guys are in the middle of a dynasty. And Carius uh, and Douglas talked about it the other day. A dynasty is a little bit different in the CFL one. There's only nine teams. But what these Bombers have been able to do for the past, this will be the, the fourth straight Grey Cup they've been in, a chance to go 3-1. and one. They've put together, Mike O'Shea has that team whipped into shape. They have an incredibly constructed roster. They play sound ball all across the board. I just think they're such a better team. No disrespect to Montreal, who, you know, knocked off Toronto. And a friend of mine said, hey, listen, that's what happens when you don't play meaningful football in two months. You come in complacent and lazy. So no disrespect to Montreal, what they've done to run the table to get to the Grey Cup. But I think we're at a point, one team is clearly the better team in all aspects of the field. I like them to win the Grey Cup. And I think Brady Oliveira, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Grey Cup MVP. And on the way to the NFL, apparently. Well, you know, hopefully for him. Hopefully for him. I, I was disappointed in this year's CFL season. I, I it, it, The teams that I thought could... Your team, I thought, was going to do stuff, and it just sputtered. I know you lost your quarterback, but it made for less interesting... And the Stampeders, I thought, okay, here we go. You know, and, and Bo Levi and all the storylines that I was interested in, they all faded away. The, the Alouettes are the most interesting story. Um. But I don't think they. I don't think they get anywhere near Winnipeg. I think it's going to be. I'll say, thirty-four seventeen. I'll say, thirty-four twenty-six. But it's thirty-four like nineteen late, and they come back to get another touchdown to, for the backdoor cover. By the way, the uh, the Eagles are playing the Chiefs. Um, Taylor Swift's uh, tight end is on those Chiefs. I know I can't remember his name, but he's pretty good. Mahomes pretty good. Yeah, they're okay. They got a good thing going there in Kansas City. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Yeah, they weren't very famous until Taylor Swift got a hold of. Uh... Well, it's funny. The debate goes like I don't know how online you are, but you'll there. There's a trend going around of girls going up to their boyfriends and saying. Can you believe Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map? And they all get mad and say, oh, he's one of the he's the best tight end in the league, one of the best tight end ever. He's, he's been on the map. Taylor Swift undoubtedly put Travis Kelsey into a different level. Yeah, I mean, that goes, that, that's, not, that's not a slight to Travis Kelsey. That's just how famous Taylor Swift is. She just did, period. As good as, as good as Kelsey was, as famous as he was, there's no doubt. You date Taylor Swift, you're going into the stratosphere. We're shooting you to the moon. The only thing, I just hope Kelsey knows that this has to end well. Because if it doesn't, it doesn't, he's going to find out how many people are Taylor Swift fans. And it's like a bazillion. It's more, it's, more, it's more than a football team. Put it that way. All right. So I enjoyed this. It was a really good segment, Declan. I think this is the, your, your high water mark as a broadcaster. You got people talking. You. you got my friends texting, talking about them being a Messier fan and, and you know, the, <laughs> Me and Team Dean are going back a little bit about Ron Artest for Scotty yeah. Pippen. Respect the opinion, of course. Uh, I think Ron Artest was a great player, but I just can't agree with that one. I got some text to reply to that yeah. I'll get to in a minute. Will Kill for 7-Eleven Coffee says, tell Declan he missed out on an obvious one is Dry Saddle being number two. Well, you only had five. I did only have five, and, you know, I, I don't think I can take any of those guys off the list for Dry Saddle. On top of that, they haven't won anything yet, so we got to wait. we got to slow the roll until they win. Connor Brown. Is playing on the top line tomorrow for the Edmonton Oilers. They're in Tampa Bay. Does Steve Lasky think the Oilers are back, baby, or are there still problems on the horizon? We'll ask him that. We'll talk to Tyler Uramchuk as well next hour. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time now for a sports update. This is a Sports 1440 update. 
and for your sports 1440 update. Three games in the NHL today, including the Leafs and Red Wings on right now. That one currently 0-0 at the end of the first period. Later on today, it's the Sabres and Jets and the Panthers and the Ducks. In Oilers news, according to our own Jason Greger, Brown was skating today on a line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and McDavid and will return to the lineup tomorrow versus the Lightning. The chair of Hockey Canada's board, Hugh L. Fraser, says he will not be seeking re-election. He made the decision not to seek re-election this past summer, driven by, quote, a desire to pursue other projects related to safe sports. In NFL news, the NFL is investigating why the Cincinnati Bengals did not list quarterback Joe Burrow on their injury report this week over the wrist ailment that ultimately ruled him out of Thursday night's loss to the Ravens. And 11 games in the NBA today. It all gets going with the Bucks and Hornets and the Knicks and Wizards both at 5 p.m. Sun star Bradley Beal will be out and be reevaluated in three weeks as he continues to rehab a low back strain. And six games in the AJHL tonight, including the Spruce Grove Saints. They're at home to take on Canmore. That one is at the Grand Fury Arena. You can get your tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca at the door or watch online at flowhockey.tv. And finally, nine games in the WHL tonight, including your Edmonton Oil Kings who are in Brandon to take on the Wheat Kings. Puck drop for that one goes at 7 p.m. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been your Sports 1440 Update.